What's up and welcome to the Match Mad Podcast. This podcast follows my life and interest in the experience of others. We take on a range of topics as broad as life itself and talk in depth with people who live those experiences so that you can be informed and entertained. So, relax, sit down, Match Mad. What's going on, y'all? You know, I'm back. You know, it's Matt. I'm your homie. I'm your plug. And I told you before, I got extra, extra love. And today we have somebody here. We have, you know, the incomparable, the creative, the um, the, the, the stylish, you know, the innovative. We have um Sarah today. Wow, what an intro. Hey y'all. Like you said, I'm Sarah, aka Flimmy.jpg, the creator, the innovator, the all that good stuff you said. Very excited to be on the podcast and I'm excited to share a little bit more about myself and my photography journey with you all. Okay, yes. I can't wait to really dig into it. Um, This podcast is really all about us just understanding why people do what they do and then why they feel it's important, right? Because everything feels important to somebody else for a different reason. Like, you could have, like, a food bank that's important to somebody because they don't have access to food, but that food bank with somebody else could be like, oh, I needed a job, bro, and they gave me the job. So mm-hmm. it's just all about getting your perspective because – you know, all, most of the times that we guess from the outside looking in, we usually be wrong. Uh, <laughs> so, what? Let's get some little, let's get some little background, you know, on you. So I'm gonna just ask you a couple little questions so okay. we can, you know, know you a little better. You know, break some ice. All right. You know, get some things going. All right. So, what are five things that people should know? Three to five things. Oh, three to five things that people should know in general, or that they should know about, about me. They should know about you. Uh, I feel like they should know that I'm a Leo. Uh, truth be told, I think that my personality, when you get to know me, embodies a lot of that. Um, they should know that I'm very hardworking, but they should also know that I'm really nice and cool as hell because I be chilling. So sometimes people may take that as I'm very anti-social, but I really just be chilling and I'm cool. Leo, hardworking, cool, long walks on beaches. I love those yes. too. <laughs> You know, I I need to I need to get a good beach. Like I need to find like a good ass beach. Like I don't know like many good ass beaches in like Michigan for real. Mm-hmm. You like, probably gotta maybe. travel for a good beach for real. Ooh, I'm gonna have to really put like the gas gas in the car, like popping like an audio book or like a podcast and just be on the road for like two to three hours. Like, oh, wonderful beach. Why keep like, it to the road? Like, you could catch a flight. True. Maybe not true. in the pandemic though, but yeah, say, maybe not in the Panda <laughs> Express. Like, you, know, like, you feel me like <laughs> the pinto beans yeah, I'm very like I'm very like I get on a plane like I'm being this motherfucker like scared than I was like I went to on a plane after September 11th oh, I'm more God. scared to get on a plane from COVID than I am for getting on a plane after like September 11th like it was some shit that was really on my mind like, I was like, no, like what if somebody like cough on their cookies and that shit just like leak over like the side like the episode of Spongebob when they had the stinky breath oh my god and that just tapped me on the shoulder and he like oh you got me now I'm like like, that's how COVID really be lurking and murking niggas for real just lingering and then all of a sudden you got it COVID is like a guy at the gas station trying to sell you weed like I got that loud and he's standing right right at the front door of the gas station (laughs) 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 he's that guy soliciting you're like uh, mm, you there? Like, you gonna find me at something? Like, I'm gonna run into one of you. <laughs> like, yes. At this point, so 
you're a Leo, you're hardworking, you know, you consider yourself to be a cool person, you know, even though you might seem a little standoffish, you might be hardworking and you might be on your little grind, like, it don't mean you're not trying to be social or, you know, deal with people, you seem like a people person. Yeah, exactly. Those are the three main things people should know. <laughs> okay, now what are these three things that people wouldn't know about you by looking at you? Like, oh, yeah. Three things people wouldn't know by looking at me. One, I play video games. I've always played video games since I was a little kid. Favorite game, Kingdom Hearts, play fighting games. Yes. And so all that, I don't think people would know for real. Uh, second thing, this could go either way. People may not know I wear glasses because I'm one of those crazy people who have glass like I need glasses I have glasses I have cute glasses and I can't really see without them but I rarely wear them I wear them a little bit more now because I've been doing more shoots but I usually don't wear my glasses um and the third thing I have a pet cat I really don't even post about her no more but I, she's still here she still live with me I still love her so yeah oh what's your cat's name how old is she she is about three years old and her name is Lola Oh, that's so cute. What color is she? She's a short-haired black cat. Ooh, okay. Oh, I love I love animals in general. I so. do too. <laughs> <laughs> they're so much. They're so cool. Like, like wow. Like, look at you doing all these animal things. Like, you're not even saying a word, but I get what exactly you're trying to tell me right now. Exactly. Animals are sweet. They're really cool for real. I've been thinking about getting an animal, but I, I'm trying to figure out if I'm like a cat or a dog. I'm so unsure. Mm -hmm. uh, so I really like. I'm like, you know, let's let's get on. Um, let's get a little warmer and then see what I'm having. So I'll probably end up adopting. Aww. But video games. I want to bring up Kingdom Hearts. Listen, you're gonna be ashamed of me because I'm ashamed of me, but I have not played three. I haven't either. Don't feel bad. Okay. <laughs> okay. I played okay. it a little bit, but by the time three came out, they made us wait damn near two decades. So I don't really have time to play video games no more. Truly, like it's really a niche time that like I have to like carve out of my day mm -hmm. to play video games. Like I can't like like fall into it anymore. So what are you playing now? What system? Because I know you said Kingdom Hearts. So I'm thinking PlayStation. Yeah, I've always been a PlayStation girl. Okay, what's what games you playing now? Oh, see, I don't. I used to play video games. Grew up playing video games. Now that I've been super busy, I don't play them often. When I do play games, so I play games on my phone. I got this like mm. Sims app, so I play the Sims on my phone. I like card games, so I will play Uno on my phone or Phase Ten or just any random phone game if I'm sitting bored and need something to do. But I don't get too deep into video games anymore. Oh, you miss it. Listen, I'm telling you, like, I'll the very same way. Like, my, I want to say two Black Fridays, Fridays ago, I want to say I bought my PlayStation and I was not playing, like, video games throughout, like, college. Because mm -hmm. I was just, like, doing so much shit. And so, like, because of that, I was just like, damn, I just don't have time for video games. But, like, wow, like, games are, like, whole cinematic fucking masterpieces. Like, Oh, I believe I, it. I be I've seeing, playing, like, like, some clips. Really? I never heard of that. What's it? What's the theme? So it's a samurai game. So it's kind of, I would say it's like a, it's more of like an open world, mm -hmm. kind of Assassin's Creed similar game. So it's a lot of stealth and like combat and things like that. So it's just all about, it's an island in Japan named Tsushima. And on this island, you have, you know, your feudal lords and things like that in the Meiji era. And so 
the one of the main characters, he's like the the son of one of the heads of the guys who had passed, and so the Mongols, you know, come and invade, and so it's basically about him um, trying to adapt to save his homeland, but in the same, like, token, he's, like, kind of breaking certain codes that were, like, made for samurai, so he's doing more ninja shit, like, he's, like, using poison and killing from the shadows. Oh, wow. Challenging people outright, so the game is basically about, like, his, you know, his shift to changing into a kind of like a legend they make a legend of him called the ghost of Tsushima so it's it's a really beautiful fucking game it like, sounds like it I was just like I was emotional in that motherfucker like I was moved like I cannot speak a lick of Japanese even though I've been reading manga and watching anime since I was like four mm-hmm. but like I, I swear I, my spirit was screaming like in Japanese <laughs> moments of this like I was so attached. <laughs> I was so attached. And you're real lucky you can go without them glasses, girl. I'm about to say. Because if I don't got them glasses on, I'm full Stevie, bro. Like, there's no way. Like, <laughs> like, if I hop in a car and drive, like, nah. Oh, yeah. See, I got to have them on when I'm driving, especially at night. But I'm the type. I'll have them in my pocket, get in the car, put them on, get to my destination, and they right back off. So when did you, like, start having to wear glasses? Uh, I've been wearing glasses. Well, I've been needing to wear glasses since I want to say early middle school. I just mm. don't wear them, and I have astigmatism, so I'm supposed to wear my glasses for real. Oh yeah, you really? I <laughs> 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 so you might want to get into a little habit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I. I start forming one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm learning. I'm I'm trying to break the habit. I've been keeping them. Like I got them on right now, so. Oh, look at you. Mm-hmm. Okay, steps. 2021. Period. New year, new no. me. <laughs> you feel me? Looking at niggas real different in Black History Month. Literally, because I can <laughs> see it now. <laughs> like, with these white buffs, I can see the hole in it. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so, I'm looking at sstopflemmy.com mm-hmm. right now, and I'm just looking at some of the things you have going on. So first of all, I love the like opening photo of like the brass rail and the pizza bar. Oh, thank uh, you. Image that you have in the front of it. I'm a, I'm a big fan of like bars for food. I feel like bars in that bar is like you know drinks are cool, but like the main attraction be food. Mm-hmm. So like that really be like, oh, what they got in there? What they serving? <laughs> so what made you decide? Like what made you pick up a camera? When did you first pick up a camera? So um, I did first pick up a camera in March of 2019. Um, I used to always be the friend that would take pictures of everybody when they were going out. I never liked to be in pictures because I felt awkward, but I love taking them. I feel like there's beauty in literally everything in this world, from people to plants to buildings to different textures. I've always picked up on that. So at some point, I just decided, okay, I'm just going to buy a camera. I think I was a little intimidated at first, and that's what made me hold off for so long. Um, but after a certain point, I just had to buy it, and I don't regret it at all to this day. So what type of, what intimidated you about getting into photography? When I thought about photography, I thought I have to be a photographer to have a camera and take pictures with the camera. Like, I felt like there was a lot that was attached to that I guess that label, um, I thought it took like, you have to be a business owner. You have to be good. Like I was worried and nervous that I wouldn't fit that mold. 
um, until I just got to the point where I realized that it's, it's not a mold that you have to fit in. If I call myself a photographer, then that's what I am, regardless of how I navigate or how I operate. Um, and when I bought it, it was just a hobby type camera for real anyway, but that quickly changed and I just decided, well, I think I'm supposed to be a photographer and went from there. What type of camera was it? It was a Canon Rebel T6. It was like one of those bundle packs from Amazon. It's funny. I got the T5. (laughs) (laughs) It's good for what you need it to do. Like it'll hold you down. It really will. Like, oh my gosh, I really feel that. A question for you. You talked about when you were being intimidated and you talk about feeling um, as if you had to have like a certain look and be a business owner and there were certain boxes that you had to check to claim yourself as a photographer. Do you think social media had any like push into that? At that point, no. I will say, and we could talk about this later as I talk about like my journey and experiences as a photographer, but social media does like sometimes affect the way that I view my work or like my thoughts with photography and all that. But the intimidation from first picking up the camera, it really wasn't a social media thing. I think it was more so just me knowing of photographers and knowing all the work that they did, but also knowing all the the shit that goes into photography. Like, you got to know your exposure triangle. You got to know about equipment. You got to know how to work the camera. You got to know how to put the settings and get everything how you want it to be. And that doesn't even consider edit or lighting or any of that. Um, So not only was it the business component that was a little intimidating, it was the challenge of that learning curve that I did not think I could handle, but I was wrong. (laughs) Right, because look at you now. Right, and there's a lot more for me to learn, but I've, I've been learning a lot in the almost two years that I've been shooting, so... So it seemed like that intimidation came from like a some form of like respect for like the craft in of itself. You know, I never thought of it like that, but I would say yeah, yes. Yeah, because you didn't like approach it like haphazardly, you know. And I feel like, uh, especially when it comes to like things that we're turning into like we're monetizing things that like transform from like hobbies and things like that, or start out as hobbies. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we don't take it into account, like how heavy of a thing it actually is because it's like people been doing photography for so many years so many different breakthroughs and so many different you know equipment that comes out all the time mm-hmm. and how photography changes as we update phone devices yeah right? so it's just so much that goes into it so i'm glad you you know you got over that hump and you decided to, to kind of move upon that so um, how did you decide what type of work you wanted to do with Hmm, that's a great question because when I first started shooting I had no idea what I wanted to do um I just would take pictures of stuff that I liked when I was outside I would go on walks downtown thought something looked sweet I would try to take a picture from my perspective um then I started to take pictures of friends and just try to learn new stuff on my camera um And then I just started taking on gigs and work and I ended up doing a lot of different types of photography. Like I've done product, I've done event, I've done portrait, I've done street photography. And at some point I started to narrow down what I like the most, but you'd be told I've only been shooting for about two years and I wouldn't say that I have a specific type of photography that I 
mostly stick with. I've been really into portraits lately, and I think I'm going to stick with that. But I still really enjoy product photography. And I do think that I'm going to start back just going on photo walks, either downtown or traveling and taking my camera and stuff like that. Just as for a personal thing, not necessarily for like promoting that as the work that I do. Yeah, still keeping it, you know, fun. Mm -hmm. Like, especially because the work can be so draining, like, especially when you allow it to be. Yes, uh, that is so true. <laughs> which is a hard line to hard line to kind of navigate, uh, especially when it comes to something like a so personal. It's like, mm -hmm. can I speak on that a little bit? I don't want to get too yeah, far away sure. from what you had in mind. No, remember, this is a conversation. We, we here. I don't, I'm literally like, I don't. I don't have like, <laughs> like I'm just going Robert Roberts. True, true. Okay, <laughs> bet. Um, but no, what you're saying about making sure that your passion and your hobby and your creative outlet doesn't become like work is so important because um, after a certain point when I was doing photography, um, people started to book me for things, and I was doing it because it was cool as hell to me that someone wanted to pay me to take pictures, something I love to do. Um, but then I realized quickly that as I continued to just do the work that people booked me for, I didn't have as much time to do personal projects or take the type of pictures that I wanted to take. Um, so there was a, a pretty lengthy time, like I'd say at least five months, where I really wasn't shooting. And I was really just sitting. I would look at my camera every day and think, hmm, I want to use it. But I just had no more creative juice like I had reached the point where it was it felt like a point of stress and not a point of relief anymore so that is that is like key making sure it doesn't get to that point because now what I do um, I do take bookings but I'm pretty selective about the gigs that I will take um, if something doesn't sit well with me or I don't think that I would like the job I'm quick to just tell somebody here there are some other great photographers you can go do work there, or I'll block off my calendar or set up shoots that I want to do just because like I have a, a vision that I want to bring to life or I just feel like I haven't shot and got really creative in a while. So I'll just put something together and do it just to make sure I have that balance. Yeah. And that's so, it's so cool that you have that balance early on, especially uh, within your business because it can like, Oh my gosh, like it's something that, I've been like thinking about and like just tossing around in my head and tell me, cause you mentioned about being very selective about um, the people that, you know, the work that you do and the people that you decide to work with and something about art is because art is so personal. Like, I feel like we have to be very conscious with like consumers, mm -hmm. like it's so, especially because we want to have money for our art and we want to like, you know, like continue to push it and be like successful, but like, once you keep like feeding your art to like other people, like at some point it feels like it stops feeding you how it used to. Yes. Uh, and that's such a fucking like <laughs> you know a line that you have to toe. So that makes that's how like when you listen to certain artists or like that like albums and they got like a contract where they got to drop one every like eight months or something. Like they sound mm -hmm. trained like because they yeah. Are. Like you know like inspiration is hard to like manufacture. Yeah. And I also feel like so um, doing more of the work that other people want you to do versus what comes natural and what comes from you, it changes the artist too. 
like people talk a lot about singers or rappers and once they get mainstream or they get big they know they sound about to change and sometimes you don't even really like the artists no more because they're not doing what seemed like was natural to them now granted i understand artists progress and styles do change over time but if your favorite artists get big and then they get poppy we usually know that's like to pe- to appeal to like a broader audience and then I don't know. I don't really rock with that for real. I like keeping the authenticity of art because art to me is more of a, a an expression rather than something just for consumption. Like it can be both, but and it also is me. Like I'm a creative at heart, so that's how I feel about it. I know for some people it's strictly business, but for me personally, I view it as like a a true meaning of like this is me expressing myself. Yeah, because um, it's a quote that I always enjoy that I, a lot of people did not take from this Quincy Jones interview because he was talking about Marlon Brando having sex with Richard Pryor and shit like that. But <laughs> <laughs> he talks about like when you when you start doing it for money, God starts to leave. Mm. Like you know, like God walks up out of the out of the business, out of, out of the craft of what you're doing, and so like that's so it's something that. It's something that I kind of even noticed. I would even like just to briefly talk about I me. Mean, I compare it to like working in like mm-hmm. a restaurant. Like I worked in restaurants and that made me realize I don't want to work in a restaurant because I like how personal my mm-hmm. food is and like, you know, how intimate the experience is. And so when I, you know, when I vend it over and over and over and over again, like I feel like it's not the same because like it's intentional, but it's, um, I don't know how to describe it. it it's in, it's intentional, but at the same in the same breath, it's um you can't really get that same you can't get that lightning in the bottle over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Like that's that's why when you talk about like artists, that's why I love like TDE mm-hmm. so much because like they literally just like put their shit out and put the best they got out and then they shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, you just gotta wait till they feel like dropping something again. Else. Yeah, and it's like it's not like putting it on your head. Like we haven't had a Kendrick album in four years, but the last Kendrick album we got was damn. Yeah. Like you know, like so it's like what, <laughs> like how, how do you how do you balance that and still remain successful? Because like the machine wants to consume you, like it wants to consume your art, like, and it's just so hard, especially when you want to say yes to so much. So how do you? What makes you say no when you receive something? What makes you be like eh, nah? Like is there like a certain set of things that make you like think like, oh, this is a red flag or is it just a vibe? Um, it's a couple things. Vibe for sure. Um, usually the approach that someone has, I haven't had anybody come like real half, like real crazy to me, but some people just come off like really disrespectful and I'll still like tell them my price and stuff, but then they just, I don't know. It's just a weird energy that I get. And then they don't respond fast. So it's just like, hey, um, yeah, no, this probably won't work out. Uh, or the nature of the request. I've had I've had some pretty interesting photography requests. And it's not like it was super off the wall. But for me, spiritually, I didn't agree with it. And it wasn't like anything too crazy. Uh, they just wanted me to do a shoot at a cemetery. And I didn't feel comfortable with that. So I turned it down. Like, if it doesn't feel like it would align with something that I want to do or the style that they're looking for is not something that I want to create, then I'll say no. 
it doesn't happen like all the time, but when it does happen, I have I'm completely comfortable with turning down gigs that I don't think will be fulfilling to me in some way. Yeah, I feel that. That makes sense for sure, for sure. Like in the cemetery, like, uh, what if you took a picture next to somebody like tombstone and then like you see like somebody full business like yeah this abe abe uh, abe 56 that's crazy like, i didn't even think like about it like that i was think, i was just, <laughs> i feel like that vibe is not that ain't my vibe i don't i think it's disrespectful personally not to judge but mm. i couldn't do it yeah like it kind of made it, it kind of gives me it's cold cold and it deep vibes <laughs> 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 But a little extra spooky, like yeah, I, I feel that hundred percent. Like you have, like you have to be able to say no in this shit because, like, especially in art, because our art pushes boundaries, and you gotta set yours for real. Yeah. For real. Like, oh my gosh! Like, especially like dealing with like photography too. It's such a, it's such an inter- interesting oh, game. Because uh, <laughs> I, I have homies who do photography, and like I'll be looking around like. Uh, okay. <laughs> like, uh, all right. So, how do you? You talk. We talked about you saying no, but I wanted to talk a little bit. Um, how do you protect yourself and protect your brand? Um, also by saying no. Like, how do you protect yourself business wise? You know, do you have somebody who looks off you, like a mentor that you can reach out to and be like, hey, you know, I'm unsure about this or what? Mm, I guess you can say that. I have a couple um, fellow mm-hmm. photographers that I've been hanging around and we're all pretty open with each other. So it's like, hey, I got this gig. This is what they're trying to pay me. I don't know if that sounds right. What are your thoughts? Because I ain't never did it before. Like, we can have conversations like that. So I have a network of people that I can um, talk to and ask questions about uh, photography and all that stuff. But sometimes it's really just me. Like, Sometimes I don't have to talk or ask about it. Like, there are some gigs, too, where they ask for way too much for free. It's like, uh, I don't have the time for that, nor am I interested in adding that to my portfolio. So I'm sorry, but it ain't me. Yeah, they're trying to, you know, say pay you an exposure. <laughs> they're, trying, they're trying to give you, like, oh, we want all the rolls, too. Like, we want all the <laughs> Like, <laughs> like oh, I don't know. We, we don't do that. Like, I told you, you get this many photos, and now you trying to do all this extra stuff. Like, slow down. Mm-hmm. We got to add some extra on the <laughs> Like, we got to make sure that we all mm-hmm. together. So, what's your, talked about portraits, right? And so, what is your favorite thing about portraits? I'm seeing a couple of the portraits mm-hmm. you have on your site. Oh, I'm trying to figure out, like, I see them. I'm like, wait, I think I'm nobody. But what made you, what made it be portraits for you? Like, what about portraits pop? Oh, I think what makes portraits pop to me is that, like I was saying about photography in general, I find beauty in everything. And the beauty of just us as humans, especially Black people, I hate to, actually, I don't hate to say it, but... Like, our beauty is just next level. Like, when you really look at the details in our skin, like, the shapes in our faces, and when you get to playing with lighting, like, that creates different shadows. And then you can capture people in their natural essence, just in their best at that moment. And that is so cool to me. And then when it comes to posing or, like, doing different types of shoots or trying to go for, like, a different look, 
the human body can do almost anything and get like different types of looks. Whereas if I'm taking a picture of a building, I can only take it from so many different angles. But if I'm taking pictures of a person, um, both me and my eye could try to see where I want to take the picture. But that person can also put their own creative spin in it if they want to move this way or if they want to do this. And to me, I feel like it's more of a creative session when it gets to that point. Now, regular portraits, I like taking pictures of people, as I said, in, in their moment or just when they look really good. But overall, I feel like you have a lot more variety and it's a lot more beauty with portraits specifically. What made you realize that you had the eye for it? Like that it was just like, oh, yeah, this is my eye. Like, I got it. What was it? I think I've always had an eye for photography or for art in general. I've always appreciated. I've always gravitated to certain pictures, not knowing the rules and not knowing the reasons why, but I just kind of did that on my own. Um, even when I started shooting, I did not think I had an eye for real. I was just like, I'm just taking pictures and it looked good to me. So it's whatever. Um, but I think the more that I started to take pictures and notice similar, um, similar, I don't want to say shapes, but just a certain perspective in my pictures, I kind of started to realize myself like, huh, maybe I do have an eye. Maybe I do have like a specific look that I want to go for. Not necessarily a style, but just an eye. And honestly, I think everybody, like photographer or not, we have eyes and even people who can't see, like they have some way to use their senses in a different way and it changes their perspective of something. So that's kind of how I look at it. Hmm. That's sweet. <laughs> I like that. It's, it's just so, it's just so much that you can just like do and you can see like as somebody with like terrible eyes, but like I can feel mm -hmm. everything. Um, I can definitely say I can understand that like feeling or experience of understanding. Like you said, you mentioned it. You kind of mentioned your personal style um, over time when you start creating things and when you start dealing with things like you start to notice like, oh, like, dang, I brought this out or I bought that out or I'm starting, you know, to see this like you really trained mm -hmm. your eye. <laughs> like, <laughs> like from where you started from and just kept like building on it and building on it. And I think that shit is dope. Like and you talked about modeling black people and you talked about the beauty within blackness uh do you have like a do you prefer taking photos of like men women um non-binary how do you do you have like a specific gender you prefer prefer to take um, photos of? i don't have any preference at all i think i just tend to shoot a lot of mm -hmm. women because i'm a woman and um a lot of mm -hmm. some of my continuous clients are people i know personally so they're women and people see me post the women and then women want to book with me but I like shooting guys too, and all other genders. Well, how does that feel? Oh. <laughs> Good move. Okay, Ally, <laughs> I see you. Okay, be trying we to gotta be better. Be Ally, you know it's the small steps. <laughs> listen, I've been telling folks. Listen, I've been at my job telling folks. <laughs> I've been like, I don't like, I don't even run HR, but y'all might have to throw me up there. But y'all gonna. Have to throw me up there. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, this would be a whole different thing. I, oh my God, I just thought it was so <laughs> <laughs> I would say, um, when it when it comes down to um, having these people reach out to you, and you talked about how most of your people reach out to you are people like you know, and they decide to like work. How does that make you feel? Like, you know, 
than to, to know that that people who that you see around because a lot of times people would just like something but they don't they don't reach out they don't invest like how does it feel to know that people that you know are invested in you and feel like i'm not gonna lie you know that you it's got one something. of the dopest feelings ever like Knowing that I have friends who, like, they genuinely like my work, genuinely want to book with me, and want to pay me for my services, like, that is cool as hell to me. Um, it's almost like, like, I have family who want to take pictures with me, and usually you hear about people, like, trying to get a discount, or they don't want to pay for real. I've never had that experience with anybody close to me, and I really appreciate that. It feels like, well, it doesn't feel like. It tells me that they respect my craft and what I do, and they respect me as a professional. And that's a blessing, mm -hmm. for real, like, because we don't always get those type of people around us and within our life, especially when you do something like photography. And, like, photography now, it's, um, it's, a, it's a different game, like, because we came up in it now, but just, like, in comparison to, like, when I look at you know, magazines, and I look at newspapers, just like, you can put out so mm -hmm. much, <laughs> you know, you can do so much with photography, and it garners so much more attention yes. now than, you know, it did in the past, so I'm just very happy that you have people that, you know, use your skill set and your, and your services, like, wisely, so we covered a little bit about portraits, but I know you've done, like, some events, so I'm um, just looking at Ooh, virtual photo gallery. You get a hundred plus high quality images in a forty-eight hour turnaround. <laughs> Look at you! Look at you! Okay, what what event? Have you done an event that um is like yeah, I love this. <laughs> like I want to do more events like this. Or it was like a main event was it a wedding, a baby shower, a gender reveal. Truth be told, event photography isn't my favorite, but I will say mm -hmm. I love event photography still because I get to experience like a baby shower or a birthday or um, a picnic or a premiere. Like I get to experience these very exciting moments that people are having in their lives. And not only am I allowed in on that space with them, I'm also able to take pictures and capture that moment. Because I'm looking at some of the photos and they do look nice. Like I see the watermelon on the table. And oh, I'm I love watermelon. watermelon. It's my it's favorite like fruit. All time. Listen, watermelon. It, it don't, don't get enough love. Hating. Watermelon <laughs> don't get enough love. Like, I mean, like, relax, y'all. Be respectful. <laughs> like, it grows out the ground for y'all, dog. Like, just, you know what I'm saying? Like, relax. Like, you ain't got a little watermelon, but you don't right. have to disrespect yourself. You know, your mama <laughs> raised you better. Like, relax. You know? <laughs> That's all I have to like, I be feeling like that. When some people say something about certain food, I'll be like, let's, uh, let's settle down here. Let's, let's settle down. And you also do branding photography. So what has been, like, your favorite kind of, like, products to hmm. shoot? My favorite kind of products, honestly, I think it may be skin products. I don't feel like I have any of those pictures on my website. And it's like, to me, it's blowing my mind that you're on it because it's reminding me that I need to update my site. Um, but I do really enjoy taking pictures of skin products because I feel like I can get a little more creative in a different way. Like the props that you can bring in can add to the look and the aesthetic of the product and things like that. You definitely can because I'm actually, you do have a couple on your site for 
um, on your branding, you do have a couple one for peace, yeah. brand positivity. So you have a couple photos on here, and they do look really nice. Like I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wow. Like I want to like just twist the top up a little bit and just see that little top. Just move up a little bit just so I can know I can get that sprint. <laughs> like in my hand. Like let me smell it. Like like oh I know that got rolls in. Let me see what that's smelling like. So we talked about like skin products and you you know taking photos of them like hmm. So when you take like a photo of a product, so do you have more like creative control when it comes to that, or is that more based on what the client? Um, pretty much both. Usually when I do product photography, mm -hmm. the people who have booked me they give me creative control. Sometimes people just want like the simple white backdrop pictures. They may bring like a prop or two or maybe a couple more products to throw in there. So I sometimes get limited in that aspect. Um, but as far as like the creativity, usually it's, it's the ball is in my court. How does that feel when people trust you with their vision, like <laughs> their products, and they, you know, like what does that, what does that do for you? Does it make your head get bigger, or do you just be like, <laughs> like what it's that a little bit of an ego stroke for sure, but surprisingly, it's a little like it. That is when the pressure is applied, cause like, oh, okay, you want me to bring this to life for you? You just want me to bring my vision up in here? Um, it's an ego stroke, cause you trust me, but at the same time. That's how I know the execution got to be there. Like, I try to think what would they like, but what would still be my style and come to a conclusion that way. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions in regards to shoes. You can get as specific as you want and be mm -hmm. as broad as you want. Uh, so what has been your favorite shoe that mm -hmm. you've done? Uh, can you think of any like so? Let's do like how we did earlier for three. Let's 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 break it up in, in threes for that. So, um, can you think of three of your favorite shoots? That yes, you've done? I can. So, um, in no order, the first one that I'm gonna mention is this shoot that I did with a model. He's from Detroit. His name is Khalil. It was my first time shooting with him, and it was my first time shooting with like a model, and we just kind of linked up, went to the top of a parking lot. And that was the first time I had a session where there was not much of an expectation. The goal was to create. Um, so I was able to play with different um, play with different angles that I don't usually play with. Um, I was shooting my angle at like a my I was shooting my lens on a wider angle than I typically would, um, and I just let my mind take me and do whatever I thought would look cool. And from that, I think I learned a little bit more of what my eye really was and the type of photography that I liked because those pictures to me was like, yes, this is my perspective. This is what I like. This is what I want to shoot. And seeing, my, <laughs> seeing that I was able to achieve that kind of lit a fire under my ass to keep doing it and to keep getting better doing what I want to do. Because before that, that was when I was like on my couple month hiatus of not shooting so that kind of got me back in the mood of I'm a photographer for real let me go do this let me work at it get better and just keep going up from here so that's why that was a favorite um, another favorite was a shoot that I did with another model his name is Coast um, I posted these recently they're like um, we had a mirror and it was just him a mirror and I did like some um, photoshop tricks and like change the reflection in the mirror and all that 
But I love that shoot because we literally did it in 15 minutes. And I've never done a shoot that fast. And I actually never came up with a concept for a shoot and executed it before that one. So I had the shoot in mind. I hit the model up. I got everything going, but we didn't have a lot of time. But I knew what I wanted. So I got in, got the shoots done. And they came out really good. And I had a lot of other good pictures that I could have posted and I just decided not to. But that made me feel very accomplished as a photographer. Like that established to me what more so confirmed that I knew what I was doing a little bit. Um, and let's see, a third picture. Well, a third shoot that I really enjoyed. Okay, I have another one. So I shot with this um my model friend, her name is India. She does hair, but she also models a little bit. Um, that was my first creative shoot in a studio. So I actually just started shooting more frequently in studio back in December. So I um, hit up my girl, India, the studio that I'm at now, TCP Detroit. Shout out to y'all. Um, the owner, Jet, shout out to him too, because he cool. Um, the owner, he had did this promotion where he was allowing free shoots during um, Black Friday, like a sale. So I was like, well, fuck it. I don't really know how to use studio lights. I'm going to go in and I'm going to take some pictures. So I hit on my homegirl, gave her like some ideas that I had, showed her kind of what I wanted to do. And we went in there and we just made something happen. Jay helped me with the lights because I didn't know what I was doing for real. Um, but from there, I learned so much and it just open my eyes to a different world of photography that I didn't consider before. I'm saying, yeah, call it the shit. I'm just saying, yeah, I feel like, it, like I was on a, helping a couple of my photographer homies do some shoots and I mean, Coach was there. So he was cool with people. So he did like mm -hmm. a really good job too. So I was like, oh my he God. He is. Very cool individual. <laughs> very dope guy. I like it. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I still laugh at uh, that video. Oh, phone. I think I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you. <laughs> like, I was like, ooh, that thing had a weight limit, boy. You about to say. It's like, don't be too flexible in that motherfucker. We talked about these three favorite shoes. What's your favorite part about shooting at the studio in comparison to not shooting hmm. at the studio? I really love both, for real, because... Um, shooting outside or shooting on location, there's so much more to play with than just what you have in the studio. However, you can get really creative in a studio still, and I've learned so much more shooting in studio than I've learned shooting outside of the studio. Um, so I feel like that has to do with a lot of the people that are around there. So again, shout out TCP Detroit because I fuck with that place heavy. Um, but even just being in there, doing my shoots, working on lighting, I didn't know anything about lighting before. And before I was shooting in studio, I only did like two shoots with lighting and somebody set the settings for me and I was assisting on one shoot and the guy was using the light. But outside of that, I was not familiar with the idea of strobes for like photography. And I think that that knowledge and understanding how light angles and light power and all of that changes the dynamic of a picture so much, it equipped me with the knowledge to where when I'm shooting outside, I understand exposure in a totally different way. Like, I think of the sun and the light that we get from the sun and whether or not to use a reflector and colors and all that in a different way because of the knowledge that I've been gaining from shooting in studio.
Especially because such a controlled Yeah, that's why it's cool, too. Like, you're in control. Now, natural light and um, artificial light are pretty different, but it's still cool that you have that control over the lights in the studio. And you can kind of try to get what you would get outdoors, indoors. Yeah, it kind of sounds like a science experiment. Like, you're trying to figure out how things work outside. Or like, you know what I'm saying? Or try to match with the phenomenon that's happening outside, what you're doing, get like inside and like Truth be told. Space. Oh, sorry, go ahead. So I really think of it kind of very scientifically. Yeah, it's all good. No, I was just going to say it's real scientific. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to shut up. You go ahead. You the host. No, girl. I, had not, I literally had the last. I was literally on my last word. <laughs> I was just going to say it is definitely a science experiment for real. Um, not just from the experimental side of it, but it's a science. Light is a science. Like I look at art in a scientific way just because that's how my brain works. Like I understand lighting because I understand the numbers of like the fraction of the power of the light and the angle of the light. I think about it that way. And I understand it by looking at the pictures that it produces. But it is very, it's very deep. It's very scientific. It is my perspective and how I see it, but shit is cool for real. Yeah, and it's really just making like small adjustments to show people what you see, like the possibility of what you actually see. So like you playing with such small things. So I um recently I just really was interested and about um, how people see, how people receive images, and how we receive all the light. And, you know, after, afterwards, that's when we start to kind of put together, like, these things of people, because we receive the light faster than we receive the concrete image and faster than our brain actually puts it together. So you're really, like, performing, like, some crazy science experiment by just forming, making someone's eye see something totally different just by those small yep. amount of numbers like and i think that's just so cool that it's really like that like it's like yeah like yeah human like you're gonna see this light but when you think you're about to see one thing or you see seeing one thing when your eyes adjust it's gonna mm-hmm. look totally different and you're gonna really enjoy it like so i think that's just really dope that you get a chance to really craft that and like say like let me show you <laughs> niggas what i see like <laughs> like this real quick so now what was like some of your i wouldn't say worst fuck it let's say worst um shoots that you like either didn't enjoy or you were like "Mm, i might not do this type of shoot after the fact remember you can be as specific Mm -hmm. and broad as you want um i'm not like (laughs) wendy williams or no shit i'm not trying to get you in like no i I get you i get you uh So the shoot that comes to mind is just a shoot that I tried to do. I'm not going to give too many details, but it was all me. This was, um, and this is me being hard on myself too, but there was a shoot that I did. I came up with like a concept for it and it did not fit what I wanted it to be at all. And I was so not fully devastated, but I was just like, damn, it's a lot that I don't know about this because I had this lighting set up in mind I had like uh the props and everything I just knew that it would work and it didn't and it was a very very humbling moment to me so I wouldn't say that was the worst but that was I felt I felt shitty 
Yeah, especially when you put something together like completely, like, and you just get to that point and you just like, yeah, fuck, like it's a scream, like you literally just scream, like you have to scream fuck in like a pillow or like out the side. Yeah, like, and the thing with shooting people is like, that like I can't do that in the middle of a shoot. So even though I knew like a couple minutes <clears throat> in that this is not what I want, um, and honestly, that's a personal area of growth for me. I need to learn how to be, be able to bounce back from that and just create something different. Like I did that, but it still really took me back in the moment. And this is me being transparent, but I think that's somewhere that I can improve because I could have, I could have just did a better job with that shooter overall, but I was for sure hurt in the moment. Yeah, and we still got some good shots, but I wish I didn't let it affect me the way that I did. what keeps you going what um what keeps you from stopping i know sometimes like you know you can make money but then you also you know you're spending on you know things and you know now covid is hard you know the you got social distancing sometimes you can't people can't really book certain things or you can't be in certain areas like oh. what keeps you going like what keeps you like yeah i'm about to pick it's up this a couple things um so when you first started asking that question i immediately thought of um, this book called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. There's a chapter called 10,000 Hours. And when I was reading that, I don't think I had started photography for real, but the concept and the idea that if you keep doing something, you are going to become an expert at it. And that's how that works. Like some people are born with it, but you can train yourself to get to the level that you want to be. So anytime where I feel like, okay, I'm going to put down my camera. I don't want to do it no more. I don't feel like shooting. I just think about how I need to get my 10,000 hours because I also have a goal. Like I want to be like a, I want to be in magazines. I want magazines to want my pictures. I want celebrities to want to shoot with me. Like I have big goals and dreams for photography. I know it's going to take me far, but I also know that it won't take me far if I just sit down and don't take no pictures. Plus I think I'm kind of good at it and I haven't been doing it for long. And I know that I haven't seen the progress that I've been seeing until I picked my camera back up and started using it. And I have family and my mom and all that good stuff. Like I, I don't have many creatives in my family that do photography and just kind of let that be their main thing. So I think it's cool that I could be that girl from the hood who grew up, went to college, did all that, but then chose her creative path and that's what she made it off of. So interesting, you mentioned um, you mentioned outliers. I was, I'm actually a fan of that book too. Um, that book actually made me think a lot about how I was mm-hmm. really pretty much growing up. <laughs> that kind of made me think oh, when they were yeah. talking about the hockey team um, and the age groups. Like that made me think about that shit heavy. I was like, wow, <laughs> you privileged fuck. Um, <laughs> but and then you talked about your family like holding you up and these and you know just the the thought and visualizing your progress because a lot of people don't. A lot of you don't really get a chance to, they don't, how can I describe it? I'm not saying they don't care about the craft, but like sometimes the, the glitz becomes bigger than like the actual craft and the work of it itself. Like, and it seems like you have a better understanding yeah. of why you got in it. Cause like when you get to that point and you like, okay, we're, we're, you know, how am I going to keep going with this? But what, that, what keep me going doesn't exist. Like what happens then? You know, but it seems like you have something that you can, like, hold on to, something that's, like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a value, mm-hmm. you know, sort of. 
or something that's tied intrinsically yeah. um, to you. Plus, I feel better when sense. I create, too. That's something that, I forgot to mention that, but, mm-hmm. like, I'm an artist. This is a way that I express myself. I don't express my emotions this way, but it's almost like a stress reliever. I can see that because, like, when you're a creative and especially in, like, kind of times like this, you feel really stifled, like you have to do something. Cause you feel like <laughs> no, but really, like you just, like, you're just, oh, like you're gonna be sitting there rubbing your creative stomach, like why <laughs> do I feel this way? Da, 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 da. Like, like you ate a whole bunch of like terrible Alfredo, while your stomach <laughs> stopped up. Like you did this, you seen the butter, the cream, yep. and the cheese. Like, so it makes me so happy that you you know, that you have these things that keep you going and keep you moving, especially because you mentioned being so early into the game because, and and it's good to have that idea of that 10,000 hours. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the long game. Like, I'm going to be here for like a minute. Like, yeah, get comfortable. Down, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> settle down, strap in. Yeah, like, like relax. Mm-hmm. We got a ride coming, so you might as well get prepared. And I'm glad you have that because like champions have that, like, one of my favorite, um, mine, I might not even be quoting this. I think the book got destroyed in the flood. Yeah, um, yeah, it got destroyed in the flood, so I can't find it. But um, one of my favorite quotes is by Customato, who was on Mike Tyson's um, coach. And he was like, you know, Mike Tyson is the youngest heavyweight champion of all time. Um, and so he was talking about how, you know, we like alligators, Mike. You know, we like crocodiles. We sit in the water and we sit in the mud for days and days and we might not get a damn nibble but when we get a small nibble that's gonna get mm-hmm. it we gonna fight that motherfucker <laughs> like we gonna get it and we gonna hold on and we not gonna let it go because we've been waiting for this moment this whole entire time and i can i can see that for you because like the because the time really shows like when you know when papa Aubrey's father, you know, <laughs> Papa Graham, you know, <laughs> said, you know, mm-hmm. only real shit is going to last. Gone tomorrow. Gone tomorrow. Like, that's really true. Like, that's 100% true. And it's really just yes. like a marathon. Like, we've used so many different comparisons and metaphors in like the past like, three minutes. People are going to be real motivated like, after this. But we really. <laughs> You know, like, I'm not even, I'm not even, I don't even fuck with Eric Thomas. I'm like, I feel like I believe in sleep. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, 100%, like, it's important us to feel motivated. Like, it's not even, I feel motivated just talking to you. That was like, <laughs> <laughs> the reason I reached out to do this. But you occupy a very specific space as a black woman and as a creative. Um, how have those, like, coalesced? Like, were you able to have, like, different mm-hmm. shoots? You know, were you, you know, how was that, like, connected? Because we all know that our identities are just, like, intrinsic. Yes, I agree. But I will say, I've never sat and tried to think about how it, um, how it affects the way that I create or the type of shoots that I do. But I think it has something to do more on the models that I work with. Uh, when I do shoots with people, I try to make it extremely relaxed and comfortable. And it's like, almost like a homegirl type of vibe. And I don't necessarily try to do that on purpose. It just naturally happens. Like, black woman to black woman, girl, we gonna get you some good pictures. And, like, we just gonna vibe out. Um, so I think that definitely is a way that it affects it. 
Um, I mean, I view everything through the lens and the eyes of a, a Black woman. So even some of the concepts that I come up with um, are things that I've seen that were either something I looked up to or something I thought was very cute or something I thought was cool, but from my lens and my eye and my perspective. And that's so important for us to like, when we dig through it, because especially because we're in such a specific um, area in the world. I wouldn't even say area. We're in a specific position in the world because no other people to my knowledge has been, you know, beaten upon mm -hmm. for years, like, you know, on all different levels, like, you know, political, social, economic, like even, you know, physical health, like on all these different sides. And so it, it feels a lot of times when I see black photographers taking photos, it feels like a new, like, affirmation, a new um, assertion of um, a certain, excuse me, of beauty. Uh, because now I would say, we have such this proudness in our blackness because especially with social media because of us being more connected and also just because of hip hop, I feel like it's in form, some form of like um, mm -hmm. a resistance be by reaffirming mm -hmm. black beauty as being bold and beautiful instead of just being like subtle and beautiful or just like, you know, beautifully sexual, like claiming black is like beautiful and using your eyes to really express how you feel mm -hmm. black beauty looks so for me when you talk about that it really makes me feel like it's some form of like resistance even though it might not be like conscious but it's you know something that you're doing you know something that really is not done because we had jet beauty of the week but now you know when we look at certain things now it seems way more i don't know it seems way like a way more of a battlefield to assert your your beauty. <laughs> I get I what know, you're saying. You what I'm saying. I, I get what you're I'm saying. Not. The way that I see it is um, <laughs> kind of like what you were saying with um, blackness wasn't always seen as beautiful. Like I use my camera to capture the beauty that is already there, whether that's the beauty that I see in this person or the beauty that they want to present. Like, how do you see yourself? How do you feel right now? Um, you move in that way or you get in that pose and I'll take pictures and we will go from there. Hey, that's so amazing. Like, <laughs> oh, I love that shit. Like, and I can't wait to like keep seeing your work and like double tapping and making yes, sure I support. Because now that now that we cool, we cooler, you know what I mean? Like it's our a lot of people don't know this this is our first like conversation. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I love to talk, so I'm so I'm happy you do because listen, I've damn near had to be like an FBI inter like interrogator to get information out of people. I'll be like, now what <laughs> do you really mean when you say this? So I'm glad that you were open mm -hmm. to really like talk today. Uh, so before we head out, um, are there things you want to like to leave us with um, and then to your pluggable? So I want to make sure that I get everything so I can plug you properly in like the description so that people can, you know, follow you. and, and Period. Put some money in my pocket or let's collab and make some sweet shit because money ain't everything. I just like to I like to create. Um, but I guess one thing I would like to leave the audience and you too, Matt, something I like to leave y'all with. Um, it's really just the idea that comparison is a thief of joy and you have to be sure of yourself and you have to really understand yourself 
to be the best self in whatever area you want to be in, whether that's photography, whether that's podcasting, whatever you do, you can't think about all the outside stuff. You just got to worry about you, focus on being the best you that you can be, and then you're going to excel. Okay. They can find me on Instagram. That's my flimmy.jpg. And that's F as in Frank, L-E-M as in Mary, I dot J-P-G. That's my photography page. Um, if you want to follow my personal, it's S Flemmy. I don't really do too much on there, but post selfies and memes. Um, my Twitter, I don't really have a photography mm-hmm. Twitter, but I post my pictures on my personal. It's at S Flemmy 11. And I got to shout out the studio, my home studio, my people at TCP Detroit. That's the creative playground. That is our handle, TCP Detroit, not the creative playground, but we're on IG. Come create with us, come fuck with us, join the membership. Like, it's lit over there. Okay. So, once again, y'all, remember comparison is the thief of joy, as she said. Also, follow her on her Instagrams and all the socials you can check in the description. I'll leave it for you. I'll also leave her site into the description as well so you all can go you know flock on over there and in the meantime you know go like on her instagram post like share it on yours hey, follow, tell, a friend, tell, a friend, tell a friend tell a friend tell everybody <laughs> you know? yep you know tell your mama you know like tell you know tell, tell everybody like tell them on the mom like go like go across <laughs> the street like right like you know what i'm saying like go go to the liquor store and be like hey 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 bro Sarah got some photography for you. He gonna look but at tell him like, anyway. Why are you telling me this? But, but tell him anyway. You know, there you pick up some for me. Uh, <laughs> because I'm drink tonight. <laughs> but thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for having me. This was on. great. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm really trying to like figure out my place and um. And podcast, and I'm thinking about making Ooh, some, okay. some real big changes soon. So I'll be in contact with you. And um, yeah. So once again, y'all, relax, chill, breathe. When Wear your mask. Shovel your snow. Pull the fuck out. <laughs> Please. Wear your mask. <laughs> Wear your mask. Like <laughs> immediately, dog. Like put the mask on. Wash your hands. You should have been yeah. doing that. Either way. Uh, the the cooking me is absolutely disgusted by people not washing their hands. Like I'm just thinking of all the cross contamination. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I have for y'all. Make sure y'all chill out, y'all. And once again, you know things may change and you may change, but this is what life is about, right? And if you were meant to stay the same, you're you're <laughs> good night. Hey y'all, it's Matt. If you'd like to engage with me and provide input, follow my personal Twitter. At underscore it's Mattman, or for the podcast at matchmat underscore for Twitter and Instagram. Tell me what type of topics interest you all, and we can tailor certain episodes to meet those interests. Once again, on Twitter at underscore it's Mattman, that's Matt with two T's, or on Twitter or IG as at matchmat underscore. Also, do not forget to subscribe, follow, rate, and review the podcast. Your feedback is extremely important to my ability to enhance the quality of this show. And I like to give you the best that I can. So please, subscribe, follow, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.